Hello and welcome to the I Am Fearless podcast. I'm your host, Vicki, and man, am I glad that you decided to click and spend a little time with me today. Um, so I really don't even know where to begin, you guys, because I said that this episode was going to be all about me, and here I am sitting in my room. Uh, you probably won't get a video because I did not do my hair. I don't have on any makeup. I'm not cute right now because I wanted to be comfortable so that way I can just, you know, openly and honestly tell you about who I am and where I came from. So, but before I even begin, I wanted to share this quote with you guys because this morning I have been delaying this process. I'm not even playing like I've done laundry. I've started the shower, stopped the shower, like put away the laundry, made myself some coffee. It's like I'm procrastinating because I'm scared. And man, fear is a mother. Mm, Y'all know what it is. Fear is something that like can literally cripple you. It can cripple you from progression. And I'm tired of that. I'm tired of that. I feel like that it took me so long to graduate from college because because of some weird fear that I had. I, I, I couldn't even tell you what the fear was, but it was something that stopped me from completing my degree as quickly as I know that I could have. Now that I'm talking about it out loud, I think it's essentially a fear of failure. Like I, I feared failure, not even knowing that failure wasn't even an option, that I would be able to continue and pursue that degree and get that degree just as long as I ignored those doubts and those fears. Anyways, I'm getting off topic here. See, see how I'm doing? See how I'm doing? I don't want to tell y'all nothing about me. (laughs) I don't know why. I don't know. Well, okay. So let me get back to this quote. So the quote that I read was with the right adaptations, you can live, grow, and thrive even in the hardest of places. That quote spoke to me so much because I feel like that throughout my entire life, I have been shape-shifting. Like I'll adapt to the environments and there'll only be like a very small group of people who really know who I am. And those people that really know who I am, oh, they like, they love me. They love me so much and I love them so much. And I love them so much to where... I feel safe in being vulnerable with them. I feel safe with me being myself around them. And I don't feel like I have to hide any parts of, you know, of who I am or who I want to be with those people. But because I've lived a life of instability from a very, very young age, um, and even into adulthood, just based on the decisions that I've made, the poor decisions <laughs> that I've made. Bless the Lord. I need all that. I need prayer, y'all. But because of that life of instability, I found it, I found that I don't really, I don't know. I don't really think that people are very permanent. You know, I, um, I, so, so then that means that I can just choose to be who I want to be and I don't really have to expose who I really am to any of these people. Um, yeah, that's interesting. That's really interesting. And so 
little background story. I grew up in a very small town um, in Oklahoma. Now, I was born in Fort Worth. I was born on the south side of Fort Worth. My mother literally walked across the street to have me. She had me at JPS. She'll tell you the story. Uh, my mom, you know, it was the 80s. The 80s were wild for a lot of people. Um, my mom developed a uh, pretty bad drug habit. She went to rehab, got herself cleaned up. And, um, and then she, um, rekindled her relationship with my stepfather. Um, and he moved us up to Oklahoma. So I went from being in the city as a little kid. And when I tell y'all I was in the city, I was a city girl before there was city girls. Okay. I was walking around downtown Fort Worth. I had, um, somebody tried to kidnap me one time, but my mom taught me how to run. Um, and to say no to strangers. Okay. Because that's the kind of environment that you lived in back then. There was no cell phones. There were pay phones. And I actually, you know, back in the day, me and my cousins, like we, we used to prank call the police because that's was something that you could do back then. And it was funny. It's not funny now, but that was something in the eighties that people, people could do. You know, my grandmother, my grandmother, she, uh, she had a total of nine kids and she raised them pretty much all on her own. Well, not pretty much 100% on her own. My grandmother raised these kids and she was an entrepreneur. She had owned and operated a bar in Fort Worth for 22 years. Her bar used to be off of first street before they, um, redid the area. But you know, my grandmother, I got this hustling mentality, honestly, from my grandmother, my grandma, Jean Carroll, her name's Jean Carroll, (laughs) y'all. We're from Texas. (laughs) So, so yeah. So my grandmother, you know, all those kids and a lot of her kids, they worked in the bars. And, you know, when you're around alcohol and you're young at an early age, you begin to develop habits. It's something that just happened, you know? So, um, so a lot of the people in my family, and I'm just going to get straight to it. I'm a statistic. All right. Like I'm a statistic. My, my father, um, was not a part of my life. My biological father was not a huge part of my life. He was in and out of jail my, mostly my entire life. He's in jail right now. My mother, she was a drug addict. She's recovered now. And she is, and I could not be more proud of my mother, by the way, because there's a lot of people that can't even imagine, <laughs> let alone walk the path that my mother had to walk in order for her to be the person that she is today. So I admire and respect my mother so, so much, um, for all that she's survived. But, but yeah, you know, I'm a statistic. I, I, I have three, I have three kids. They have, I have three different baby daddies. Um, I'm the first of my mother's children to actually like attend and graduate college though, you know, and I think that I have found myself fighting so hard that I was a statistic that I forgot to celebrate um, that I have not only survived, but I've transcended what, like a person like me, right. That grew up in a rough environment, what their life is supposed to be like and how they're supposed to look and how they're supposed to talk. I have, uh, I've created my own path from that. Um, and I'm proud of myself for that. I, I still have family that I talk to and I visit and I go over their places and the areas and they live in the same neighborhoods and, you know, and it's only gotten rougher. 
it hasn't got, it hasn't improved. It's only gotten rougher. The only parts of those neighborhoods that have improved are the parts that the city has, has purchased back from people and redeveloped it. Those are the only parts that are improved. I think that in this process of me adapting to different environments, like, you know, I went from living on the South side of Fort Worth. I went from being there to then my mom, you know, getting back, getting with my stepdad and us moving to this very, very small town in Oklahoma. Okay. You guys now this, this is where, this is where it gets a little strange. All right. So I, we moved to Oklahoma. It was my, my mother, my, uh, I have an older brother and an older sister. And in this very small town, I'm going to say the population is maybe, maybe 3000 people or something like that. The, um, our closest Walmart was about 30 minutes away. Back, back when we first moved there, we only had two, two signal lights in the whole town. Everybody knew everybody. It was one of those towns where when you drove down the street, you could recognize who was coming in the dark because you knew their headlights. That's that kind of country stuff I was on. Like, I mean, country, country, country as corn, y'all. That's where I'm from. So I went from being in the city to being in the country. And when I was in the city as a kid, you know, I was walking around downtown, like I cars, seeing taxis, like I, I was in the city. And then we moved to this very, very country place. And we actually ended up staying in Oklahoma. I ended up staying in Oklahoma in graduating from high school from there. So, you know, all the way from second grade through 12th grade, I was in this very small town in Oklahoma. Now we did come to Fort Worth almost every weekend for like the first five or six years because my mom, she was a city girl and she loved the city. So she was like, no, like I can't do this country stuff. So we had to come back all the time. Um, but you know, overall I was in the country and my graduating class was 60 people. I was one of maybe five to eight black graduating seniors of my class. Um, so it was, it was not diverse in the least bit. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, it, we were in a very rural area. Um, there was no radio stations. I remember when TV used to go off, like, like at a certain hour, it would just be like, ping, and then the stripes on the TV. So middle of nowhere, everybody's phone number started with the same few digits. It used to be like three, three, five. And then, so then whenever we would exchange phone numbers, you guys, we would only give the other person the last four digits. We didn't have to dial area codes. We could say like my number used to be three, three, five, 2792. And so I would just tell them, oh yeah, my number is 2792. How cool is that y'all? How cool is that? Like, you don't have to give all these, all these extra numbers, forget them numbers. Like, no, just give me the last four. Give me your last four, like your last four of your social. That's all we need. We don't need all of your business. So that's, um, <laughs> that's where I grew up and it was cool. It was cool. But, but, but you know what, growing up in a small environment like that, you're always, you're always on your P's and Q's and you don't take a day off. Because the streets were watching. Everybody knew who your parents were. They knew who your people were. And if you acted out or if you acted up, the, oh, before you got home, this, mind you, y'all, ain't no cell phones. There's no cell phones. Okay. 
There's no cell phones. So, but before you got home, somebody was already on the phone with your mama telling your mom exactly what you did. That's where I grew up. It was a very, um, ooh, restrictive environment. I, I think that the message that I received from living in a small town like that was that to box yourself in, to conceal who you really are, because it was going to be scrutinized and judged beyond belief. That town was extremely judgmental. It still very much is. Like I, I have friends that live there, and they, and if I brought them on this show. You guys would like be like, whoa, first of all, those accents, because I used to have one too. I used to have like a very, very thick accent. And then I moved to Northern California and I worked on my accent and I eventually got rid of it. And now I don't even really know. I don't even really know if this is my voice. <laughs> this is how crazy this is. Wow. I'm exposing so much. This has gotten way too real. Wait. Ooh, y'all, this has gotten way too real too fast, but let me slow, let me slow down and let me back it up. So like I was saying, that small town being scrutinized and judged for what you wore, because there was no um, support or encouragement for you to be different. If anything, if you try to express any type of individuality in that environment, um, you would be the laughing stock of the town. Like, I mean, I'm talking about adults laughing at you. I remember we had this um, this kid that used to twirl the batons, and he was a boy, okay. And and I'm not going to comment on his sexuality because it's not my business. And he never he never announced it to anybody. So who am I to say anything about who he was? But everybody assumed, and everybody judged him, and everybody talked about him so bad because he was doing what he loved. And you know what? And now he, now he living in Dallas and, and he would a baller and, um, he's, he's happy. Okay. I might cut that out. Maybe I won't, but anyways, so being in a small town like that can be really tough on you is my whole point. And it gets you to a point to where you're scared to be yourself because you don't want to be judged. You don't want to be talked about. You don't want to, you don't want to have a, a, a bad reputation or, or not be able to catch the eye of the boy at school that you like because, because you know that he's basing all of his decisions on what everyone else thinks. You try to fit yourself into this mold and into this box of what you think everybody else wants you to be instead of who you really want to be. So I lived through that for a very long time. I then met and married my second husband. So sidebar, you guys, by the age of 25, I had been married and divorced twice. Okay. So growing up in that small town, you know, one of the things that people do in small towns, they get married and they have babies. I had my first child when I was 19 years old. She is turning 20, December 26. Shout out to big Des, little big Des. My baby's turning 20. My baby is turning 20. You guys, when that's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy that God entrusted me with a young adult. I, you know what? That right there, that tells me, that tells me how, how great, how, how good I am. You know, that, that reinstills some confidence in me because God is entrusting me with someone so precious and allowing me to lead and guide her. And, 
and I'm continuing to evolve. And she definitely has got some, she's definitely going to have some issues because of me, but who, what, but what kid doesn't? Okay. What kid don't have issues because of their parents? I think your parents are supposed to give you issues, issues. So that way you can figure it out. My mother definitely gave them to me and I'm working through them. So, you know, I try to be forgiving with myself in that whole process, but she is a great kid. Y'all I'm so proud of my baby. But anyways, I met her father, um, right, right when I was supposed to grad, like right when I was, um, approaching graduation, boom, got pregnant. Uh, we got married because, you know, I'm from this, I'm, I'm from the country and you want, we gonna have this baby. That means I'm going to be your wife. And so we got married. Um, and, and then shortly after got divorced and then I met and married my second husband, which is my second daughter's dad. My second daughter's name is Imani, by the way, she is a sophomore in high school. So I have a sophomore in college and a sophomore in high school. I've said that before. I met Imani's dad. And he and I, boom, met, fell in love. Then we get married. Then we moved to the Bay Area. So, okay, y'all. Now, ketchup, mustards. All right. So I started out. I got that from my cousin, Alex, by the way. She's always telling me that. She's always say, ketchup, mustard. Okay. So I started out in, in a big city, city girl. Okay. Then I moved to a small town, country girl. Boom. Then. I moved to the Bay Area, city, city, city girl. Y'all, okay, if you, San Francisco, that, I didn't live in San Francisco because it was way too expensive. It's way too expensive now and way too expensive then. But I lived on the outskirts, which was, I would say, it would take me like maybe 30, 40 minutes to get to San Fran. It would be like for me driving from Frisco, where I live, to Fort Worth, where my people at. You know, so like, but I could go to San Francisco. That was a way nicer drive, by the way. But anyways, I moved to San Fran at the age of 20. Not, well, not San Fran, San Francisco area around the age of 20. You guys talk about a culture shock. When I moved to the Bay area, I used to work at, um, I used to live in a city called Vacaville. It was right off of the 80 near Vallejo, Fairfield, like Sacramento was close. Like it was just, I, I love that area. The Pacific Northwest, by the way, is probably one of my most favorite areas in the country to visit. It is like you're walking in a painting. Like everywhere you look, it's like a painting. It's phenomenal. I was living out there and I got a job at Coach. So I worked in retail for years and I was, you know, <laughs> your girl, your girl can sell water to a whale. You hear me? I was in there, baby. I was wheeling and dealing. I became top salesperson. Like I was always getting mentioned. I ended up working. I ended up working for coach even when we moved back to Texas, which I'll tell you about that later. But I worked for coach for, I'm going to say about 10 years. Coach is an awesome company to work for the benefits, the money, the, the opportunity for advancement, but you do kind of, you know, but I had to leave it. Okay. But I did love coach. Yeah. I stuck with it for a long time. I've, I stuck with coach longer. I've been in a relationship with coach longer than I had been in relationships with people. That's how much I love coach. Okay. Coach coached me. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so I got a job at coach. They thought it would be funny to make me the greeter because they loved that accent that I had. So when people would come in, I would say, hi, welcome to coach. And they would look at me 
And they'd be like, what? Like, where are you from? Like, it was like shocking to them. You would think that I was cursing at these people the way that they would turn and look at me. And then they'd say, the first thing out of their mouth would be like, where are you from? Like, they couldn't believe that I could, that I spoke like that. And so I got tired of sticking out in that way because, you know, I had to go back to that box mentality, that box mentality, that mold mentality. And so I worked on my accent and I continued to work on it until people stopped asking me where I was from and they started to think that I was from that area. Let me read you that quote again. With the right adaptations, you can live, grow, and thrive even in the hardest of places. Now, I know I just told you guys how beautiful that area was. And I, and I love the Bay Area. Like I, I have found ways to get myself back to the Bay every single year for the last 12 years because I love that area so much. So the question is, what made it hard about it? You know, like, like why would I need to adapt in a place that wasn't hard, right? But it was because I didn't want, I don't believe that I wanted to be seen. I believe that I was wanting to blend in rather than being seen or heard, right? So I hid it. And, and I think that that was the, first official decision in my adult life to hide who I really was. Hmm. Wow. Wow. And, and you know what? I have been hiding ever since. I, I only have social media um, because of my business, because of I Am Fearless. Because I know how important it is to have social media in business. Like it's like it's like, oh, you got a business? What's your Instagram? It's it's like having your business card. It's a virtual business card. It's a virtual portfolio of what you're doing, right? So someone can have something to reference to measure your authenticity. I get it, but I've been hiding because, yeah, because I didn't want to be seen. I don't want to be seen. And, and then I found that when you do hide, that you can do things and transform into different parts of yourself, right? You can transform into different people and you don't have to explain it to anybody. Um, so in the Bay, I changed my, I changed my accent. Boom. My former husband and I, we, we decided, okay, you know what? We just had this baby. It's too hard out here. He, we needed some support. So we moved, we moved back to Texas, moved back to Texas. Shortly after we moved back to Texas, we realized, oh, you know what? This is not working. And so he and I separate. Um, immediately after that, I found myself in another relationship. Like, it was like, I, I, and then after that relationship and that one went on and off for like three years. So when I realized like you guys, 
from the age of from 19 to 29, I had been in three different relationships and 10 years of my life had gone by. And I really didn't even know who I was, but I was finding myself in these relationships and would end up why I would want to end them is because I felt like that I was allowing my partners to dictate who I was in that relationship rather than me deciding who I was. I made a decision that I did not want to be in another relationship with anybody, with anybody for a long time. And, and when I did that, when I did that, um, I was free. I was officially free. I didn't have to answer to anybody. I wasn't, I wasn't anyone's girlfriend, wife, fiance, because I literally had been that ever since my parents told me that I could have a boyfriend. I found myself attached to some man, some boy, some boy, some man, some young man, you know, and that, that also kept me in that same box. Like, oh, well, you know, I'm a girlfriend. This is how I'm supposed to act. Oh, I am this. This is how I'm supposed to act. Oh, it's this. this. No, like it just continued on. And once I made that decision to be by myself, I also made that decision that financially I was going to have to care for myself. And that was a part that was tough. Okay. That part was real tough you know, being um, at this point, at this point, I've only had two children. Okay. Um, I only have two only. There's a lot of women out there that got more than two and they doing it by themselves and God bless them. But I had two and, and two almost took me out financially, mentally, like it, it, it was a struggle for real. And during that struggle, because I was single. No, 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 no. Let me go back. I'm not going to lie to you guys. During that struggle, I decided to hustle. And in my decision in being a hustler, I got wrapped up into a lot of things. I, I got wrapped up into the nightlife, um, clubs, and, and that life took me very fast. And during that time, I developed a really bad drug habit. I developed a really bad alcohol problem. I lost all sense and, and touch with who I was and who I wanted to be. Um, I became violent. Um, I, lost my, I, I lost my damn mind, y'all. I, I completely lost my mind. And, and I feel like that a part of the reason why I got so lost is because I was never truly deeply rooted into who I was. I, I would shape shift and transform and change so much to where when I got into that nightlife, I couldn't help but to change into who I was surrounding myself with. Hmm. So that went on for five years. And then I, I made a conscious decision to change my life. And a lot of it came and it came during COVID. So when COVID shut, shut it down and made everybody sit down and really look at themselves, that's when I knew I had some changing to do. I had a whole laundry list of stuff that I needed to address and change. So that's what I did. 
And it started with Jenna. You guys remember Jenna? She was my first, the first person on my show. Jenna is the truth. All right. So I met Jenna, went out to Denver, met Jenna, and um, I did a psychedelic experience. I had a psychedelic experience and I took the medicine and I was in like this deep trance and it was super intense. I mean, oh man, uh, y'all, I'm going to say this for another episode. I mean, if you guys want to hear about some of the things that I experienced during that ceremony, reach out, let me know. I'll do an episode and I'll share it with you guys, but I don't want to get into it. And, you know, uh, but that experience, um, helped me to release a lot of trauma and anger and habits that I had formed when I was living that life. It was like a mental reset. And in that reset, I was able to let a lot of stuff go so that I could get back to who I'm supposed to be. Um, so yeah. And you know, Hey, these episodes are only 30 minutes long. I, I had no idea I was going to go back that far back with y'all. I had no idea. So how about this? We're going to pick up where I left off, right? 2020. And then I'm going to tell you guys what's been going on with me for the last couple of years and what led me to this decision in creating this podcast and breaking out of the box and sharing who I am with you all. So, wow. Hey, friends. We friends now. You you guys are locked in. We are locked the and you hear me? And the reason why is the reason why is because I didn't show y'all all my business. I've been sitting in my bedroom. Like I have a picture of like my favorite cousins up and I've just been imagining myself talking to them. I heard, I heard this girl say this at this convention I went to, she's a podcaster and she's like, you know, just put a picture up or imagine that you're talking to your best friend. And so thank you, Lauren. Thank you, Alex. Those are my best. Those are my besties. You guys aren't even in this room with me, but your spirits are around me. And, uh, and I thank you for your support, your love. And I thank you all for listening, for your support, for your continued love, for you guys believing in me, even when I didn't believe in myself. I am so grateful. I'm so grateful to be able to sit here and do something that I actually love and enjoy doing rather than doing something or being someone because I feel like I have to be that. So thank you. So I want to thank you all for choosing to uh, spend your time with me today. And, uh, and I want to encourage you from the bottom of my heart to love everything and everyone, and most importantly, yourself. Thank you. God bless and take care.